Welcome, friends old and new, to Marketing Mavericks, a consumed media vlogcast. I'm your host, Leo Falkenstein. In this vlogcast, we're here to dive into the world of marketing, technology, and career and personal development, with our goal of helping you navigate the ever-changing landscapes that the marketing world has to offer. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting your journey, we're here to inspire, educate, and empower you to become a true marketing maverick. In this exciting episode of our vlogcast, I'm joined by Jordan Aragetti, co-founder of Mialma. In this episode, we're going to dive into the founding of her company and its purpose, but also the importance and keys to sustaining company culture, but probably most importantly, what it's like parenting and running a business with her husband, Scott. Let's dive into it and let's have some fun. Good morning, Jordan. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on this episode of Marketing Mavericks. And we call it Marketing Mavericks, but a lot of your experience is really in sales. With sales and marketing, they get aligned, so it all works together. But Jordan, I know we've known each other for a long time um, mm -hmm. and really started a business relationship when you were at SalesLoft. And we didn't necessarily work with you at SalesLoft, but I know you championed us um, and helped, you know, People trust to consume media, so thank you for for you know being you. And uh, you know we still have a great relationship with your former employer at Salesloft. Yeah. Good people know good um, people. That's my mentality. Good, I love that. And recently, you have started your own business, mm -hmm. um, and it's a fantastic concept. So. For those of you who, do, for those listening who don't know you, I would love for you to give just your short elevator pitch of what your company is and what you're solving for. Sure. So um, our company name or our company is Mialma. Mialma is Spanish for my soul. And the simplest way to explain what we do is we help families get the relief that they're looking for during life's toughest times. Um, so I often say that as humans, we're really, really good at happy things. We're really good at babies. We're really good at weddings. And part of the reason why we're so good at it is because there's tools and technology and process in place that makes it easy for us to show this, that expression of support in a meaningful way. And we believe that those same needs uh, arise during life's tough moments, whether that be a loss, whether that be a horrible diagnosis, um, a major accident, um, we want to make it easier for supporters to show up and show those expressions of support uh, through what we call a support registry. So again, it's similar concept as, as what you would see on the wedding or baby side, whether that's through Babylist or Amazon, but taking that concept and extracting it towards life's toughest moments so that we remove that fog of confusion and that awkwardness that sets in when things aren't going the way life, the way that you intended your life to be planned. So that's, that's super interesting because I think about what might've been in the market beforehand mm -hmm. and you're right. There's really not much like, you know, when, when somebody does pass away, there is the website where, you know, um, you can give, you know, uh, the obituary and you can leave comments. Um, yep. And sometimes people will set up GoFundMes. But what is that all that was in the market as you guys were doing your research? It's a great question. So I always say that people need more than than funds and food. You know, I think that in our culture, it's it's kind of our knee jerk, like, oh, I'll send them money. I'll, I'll make a donation or I'll drop, I'll drop off a casserole. 
through our research, what we've learned is that the needs of grievers, and again, grievers kind of more broadly defined, are, are far more vast than that. So in the market today, of course, you have GoFundMe on the fund side. So that would be, you know, in some ways competitive, or you would see a meal train, uh, maybe even a caring bridge for updates. So our goal is to strive to reduce the amount of tools that you need in these traumatic moments to organize that. And additionally, and additionally, is to provide that volunteer element, that time and energy element. I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of grievers, and they say, you know, it was really nice to get all these, all this, all these casseroles, or it was really nice to have this GoFundMe. But what I really needed was someone to walk my dog. What I really needed was someone to mow my lawn. Or what I really needed was someone to help me go through belongings. That was the, those were the things that I needed. Those were the things that would have been the most helpful. And currently, we see an opportunity to fill that void, to make it easier for people to solicit help, as well as simply raise their hand to say, I'd like to do this for you. So if nothing else, the family feels that, that feeling of support from the community at large, whether or not they take them up on that action or not. And it's fascinating because you mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast um, that there are so many tools for the happy things. Why, mm -hmm. from your research, is there, are there not these tools? Is Why? Yeah, it's a great question. So, so happy, happy times um, are, easy, are easier at, for us as humans to wrap our arms around. Uh, grief, on the other hand, is, is something that our country, and again, I would say our country specifically, I, I don't think all countries or all cultures struggle with this as much. And even within our cultures, you know, different religions have different approaches to things like this. But grief as a topic is is somewhat taboo. Um, and that's that's why it's so awkward and uncomfortable because people are so afraid of doing or saying the wrong thing that they don't do anything at all. And because there's so much awkwardness, this huge gap is created between the family and the community at large. So that's largely why people haven't, I, I believe that's why there's the opportunity because there hasn't been, you know, it's been difficult to kind of navigate through that human psychology of wanting to shut down during life's toughest times. Uh, we want to use technology to bridge that gap and to teach people how to support and kind of fight through their own uncomfortableness with it. Because we know that there, the, the intention is there, the good intention is there. But as, as you know, this is where technology can really come in to solve a great, beautiful problem. And, and we've done so, you know, through Mioma. That's so cool. It's because I have felt the same thing, uh, um, whether, you know, I've been grieving or had, um, you know, had a friend or a colleague's been grieving, you know, you, you, at least me personally, um, I'd exactly what you say. I'm so afraid of saying the wrong thing that I could, might say the most general thing, or I yep. might not see this person for a while. And I might just like, hope enough time has passed where I don't have to say much. And it's, it's awful feeling inside. It's right? an awful but... feeling. And, and you're not alone. A lot of people tell us that, or they, they don't make a donation or do the thing or volunteer. And they feel like the time has passed, that it's elapsed. And now it's too late. So part of our company and our brand isn't just the technology of bridging the gap of the technical support of the actual support, but also just educating people holistically, supporters in our in our communities holistically on what it is like to grieve and how that it's never too late to reach out to that friend or that family member to say, I'm thinking of you. Uh, grief is a very, very misunderstood uh, word and emotion 
Um, so there's, again, a lot of opportunity to do a lot of good. Um, and we're, we're very excited. It's so interesting you say that because I got married two months ago, right? And now whenever I see someone, the first thing they say is congratulations. And no <laughs> one worries about has enough time elapsed, right? Correct. But Correct. that's a happy thing, right? Right. And exactly. now we're talking about a sad thing. And, and now you, you don't know what to hope do. enough time has elapsed so you don't have to say anything. Exactly. Exactly. Crazy. So that's, it's, it's, and again, this is where everything you're I'm saying so makes so much sense. Yeah. And we, and I, and I feel that too, you know, to, to be clear, I, I'm not perfect in this area. I've, I've just been someone that's observed a lot of traumatic moments, both loss and horrible diagnosis from friends and families. And I've always been that person that's like, is this it? Like, this is, is this all I can do? There's gotta be more. And so in some ways I feel like I'm, we're building this technology for people like me that feel inclined to say like, there's gotta be more that we can be doing not just short-term, but long-term and not just functionally, but emotionally to help kind of help these people along their grief journey, whatever that grief looks like. Really, really interesting. And thanks Thank for the summary. Um, yeah. And I kind of want to kind of bridge this conversation into kind of how you are going to market with, with uh, Mialma, but also I think it'd be really interesting to hear a comparison from your perspective, being, you know, a, a key account executive at Salesloft going to market with, you know, the number one rated sales enablement software, but being one piece of the puzzle versus, sure. you know, with Mialma, you're really leading a strategy for a much smaller organization. So I'd love yeah. to hear kind of your perspective on what's similar, what's different, things like that. Yeah. Um, so Salesloft was just, you know, anyone that's heard about Salesoft knows they built an incredible culture and they built a, the type of company that you you got to see a lot of things. The leadership team with Kyle Porter and Rob Foreman, it was part of part of our values for them to really expose more than they needed to to us, especially in the early days about the business. So I feel very fortunate to have been on a very positive side of the startup story. So I, I, I credit them for my, my startup bug, for my entrepreneurial uh, spirit, because I would say prior to that, I didn't, I didn't really know that I wanted to build something. Um, it was only until I saw it in action and saw the power of, of being uh, very uh, intentional about culture, uh, very intentional about customers and how you, how you cultivate customers, and, and seeing, of course, the, the, the great pride and the great fulfillment that comes with building something for good. So uh, yes, it's it's quite different. You know, when I was at Sales Off, I was I was selling. I was an SDR for a year and then moved up through the sales ranks every year after that, and it was incredible. And and I was always taught to to run and sales to to run it like you were the CEO. Run run your sales cycle. Run your book like you're the CEO of your own business. And that was always such sound advice because. Well, obviously, I'm, I was not the CEO of Salesloft. It gave me a level of authority and control and almost even maturity to take a step back from deals and really diagnose what's, what's really best for the customer here and how can I best be a partner here. Um, now, as at Mialma, the thing that's so fun is really expanding my aperture from beyond sales. Um, I was a, a sport marketing uh, major. And so I know, I, you know I've been able to dip my toes into marketing, sales, uh, certainly communications. When you get to be at a pre-seed startup, you get to do everything, which is both overwhelming 
but also incredibly, incredibly exciting because you learn all, you learn quicker than you can in any other specific role. So I find myself doing all these things that I didn't even know I was capable of. Um, and I think as a woman, especially, you know, women, women in particular, we like to think that we need to be in our box and we need to have like certain credentials and qualifications in order to do certain things. And this chapter has really given me the opportunity to push myself outside of boundaries, even if I don't have the qualifications. And, and that is really, is really, really fulfilling. And you have to, at this stage of company, you have to find the little wins because the big wins are still further away than, than you can see. And that day-to-day kind of uh, opportunity to get better as a, as a company and as an individual um, is something that's it's hard to be matched at, at, a, at a company where you're solely an individual contributor. That makes so much sense. And, you know, I can somewhat relate, right? I've, I've started my own business 11 years ago and you got to try things, right? I'm yeah. sure uh, you and Scott, like I found things, okay, I'm now realizing I'm good at this. And Scott, you're like, okay, now I'm good at this. But you oh. probably tried a lot of different things to see what we you were do. good at. Um, that's exactly right. And that's kind of how it's worked for us at Consume is like when Michael and I started again, we were 21 years old, but we're like, okay, let's try everything. And ultimately we'll go the ways in which we can provide the most value for the business. So I think that's interesting. And I kind of wanted to dive in a little bit further on that. So you and your husband, Scott, are the two principals at Mialma. What's that Mm -hmm. like working with your husband (laughs) and living with your husband and raising kids with your husband every day? Yeah, I get a lot of that. Like, how do you do... Um, The working together is easy. The parenting together is a different story. So I, I am... Very blessed to have three children under five. I have a three-year-old and I have a nine-month-old. So we are, life is very full. It is very, very full. Uh, it can be overwhelming at times. I will say both of our personalities are such that we we know how to embrace chaos and we know how fortunate we are to be able to both work together and to be able to use our time to, to, to work on something that we really believe in. Um, do we have our... Mm-hmm. Our disagreements, of course, but I would have a disagreement with any of my CEOs. Uh, Kyle Kyle Porter can tell you that too. So um, I think that we have a nice balance. We are very, very strong communicators. And, and as I believe in any culture, in any company, transparency is to me the, the number one quality, characteristic value that you have to have. Um, and so when you're married to someone, it becomes even more important because those things can slip into other parts and, and we never want to create that friction. Um, but it's it's been fun. And I, I, I say this all the time, but I don't know that I could work with my husband on any company, but on this company that we believe in hmm. so with so much conviction and we know is so good, not just for the people we know, but for, for the world, for, the, for, for, the, for this country, you know, that's that's what that's what gets us up out of bed every day. It's like we we know we're doing something very very positive. That's that's awesome because you're right. Not every company is the same, right? In fact, every company. <laughs> is a you like, are work- this, yeah, this has to be meaningful. This has to, and we again this idea like it, we complement each other. We we he has certain strengths and skill sets that I don't have. He has certain things that he's very comfortable doing that I, I'm not, I'm less comfortable doing and we can balance each other out. And it will be something that we will, we will constantly be reevaluating 
Um, but for mm-hmm. now, it's something that has overall been a net positive. That's awesome. Now I want to kind of ask you, you know, from a sales and marketing perspective, really two questions. First of all, what do you feel like is most important with, you know, how you are going to the market with sales and marketing, but also yep. where, where are you seeing the most impact? Cause I feel like those can also kind of be a little bit different. Sure. So our, our focus um, as of now has been to take this to market differently than call it the GoFundMe's or the meal trains of the world. Um, what we've really focused on are, are is the kind of this grass top strategy of how can we mobilize um, community partners that are naturally inclined to support people during life's toughest moments. So what I mean by that is houses of worship, um, certain nonprofits, hospice groups in certain situations. Um, those types of partners play a natural role in someone's life, good or bad, happy or sad. Um, so we spend a lot of our times talking to these organizations around this tool that we have for them that costs them nothing, right? It's, it's free to set up. It's free for their families. And it allows them, specifically on the houses of worship front, to mobilize their congregations, their members towards action in these difficult moments. And one of the things that I think, you know, it, it, it's starting to get talked about more is membership across the board for churches and synagogues is, is decreasing. So that's something we're aware of. But so it's not about obviously increasing uh, membership, but it is about increasing engagement. Um, so we provide this, this vehicle for their members to be more engaged and to feel more a part of, of that community. And, and frankly, it allows them to feel more value from that institution. Um, and so it ultimately kind of brings them back in. And so that, you know, our goal with, with, with those types of groups have, has effectively been to be the operating system of support because it should be easy to help a family that's going through a hard time get the support that they need. And these groups, they're understaffed, they're overworked, and they are on very, you know, very clear timelines. You know, if it's a synagogue, you know, they're praying on a certain day. If it's a church, it's, a, you know, the, the, the day after. So they have like a very, very clear idea of what they need to do. So they don't have a lot of time in between. So we've had to create a product that's simple enough for them to, to use and stand up. And from there, the goal is that they email it out and, and that their community just gets to go to work because now we've removed the ambiguity of, well, what do they need or how can I help? And at the same time, we're shielding the family from having to answer that question a uh, hundred times, because now there's one clear place to get direction on what they can be doing to be the most valuable, that would be the most valuable to them. It's amazing. And you hear the term community so often, um, yeah. not just in like houses of worship, but also in business, because it's so important, right? Ultimately, a community is a group of like-minded people who do want to share and support each other, right? That's I don't right. know if that's the exact definition. I just made it up, but it seems <laughs> like awful. it makes sense. So <laughs> if you are if you are ultimately uh, putting your product in a community and the whole idea behind the product, which is going into a community, is to help people, and that's in some way, shape, or form the definition of community, seems like it's a win all the way around, right? Yeah, exa- and that's exactly it. And, I, and I've seen, I've observed that same um, that same thought that, you know, I, saw, I see this in technology all the time. People, people always want to build community. 
The thing that's so special about Mialma, though, is it really is community. It's it's real community, and it's bringing people together that that don't even know each other sometimes. So it's, yes, it could be the church community, but it's also the community of people that want to rally around this family during this difficult moment. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the secret sauce of Mialma is how easy it is to share. So if something tragic happens to a family, let's say, you know, a, a young woman gets diagnosed with a horrible uh, cancer, um, a cancer diagnosis. Now it allows not just her church community, but her former sorority sisters or her employers to all be inspired to take action in one place. And I think that's that's the community that I get excited about. It's the individual communities of that individual that want to do something, but simply need to be told what to do and, need it made, and, and, and it needs to be made easy for them because life is so busy and life is so full. Um, and that's that's the community element of this that honestly gives me chills because it has the ability to really change the way that we as humans connect, like we talked about earlier, because people shut down during these difficult times, it, this really has the ability to be this beautiful glue to bridge all of these communities together um, and, and rally everyone, rally everyone uh, around this family. That's awesome. It, it's so it, it's a heartwarming story, right? Again, <laughs> Consume Media works with a lot of different businesses and some are very mission oriented. Some are more, how can I, you know, it's more business oriented, right? And I think sure. it's it's always is a feel good feeling for us at Consume when we are working with something that it's more of a business relationship or a business connection, but an emotional connection as well. Something you can relate to, something you can feel. Um, and again, it's a little bit just outside of the standard capitalism of America. Right, exactly. Because again, you exactly. said that. You said that America is harder, has um, grief is felt more taboo in America. And I wonder if there is some sort of relationship there between, you know, the capitalistic society that we run in and, you know, some of these these other um, countries where their values are a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't I haven't looked at it from this perspective. I will say, you know, one of the things I've studied in over the last couple of years is again me- Mexican culture, like Day of the Dead. Like these th- these these cultures mm-hmm. in Mexico, they don't shy away. There's no awkwardness. They know exactly what to do, and there's this overwhelming sense of support. And that doesn't mean they don't grieve. That doesn't mean there's never awkwardness. It just means that culturally, they have rituals and and they they all kind of know what to do. I think part of what makes it different in this country is just we're we're made up of such different cultures. You know, we we all have different mm, backgrounds. We all have different faiths. We all have different origins. And that melting pot kind of can sometimes create confusion. Um I know I'm Jewish and I when my grandfather died a couple of years ago, I had a, a number of people reach out to me saying you know, what, what can I do? What, what, what would be appropriate? And, and part of that is just a lack of understanding of how we can support one another if, if they don't look exactly mm-hmm. like you or they weren't raised exactly like you. And so it's very, very interesting because I didn't, uh, yeah, it, it's, you're right. It's a, it's a melting pot here in America. Yeah. It's um, a total melting pot, which so is everyone's beautiful. Gonna... Yeah. yeah. There's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, grief, I, I think this is important to say, like, Grief is not death. Grief is not bereavement. Grief is the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone has been taken away from you. 
And if we as as citizens, as people can understand that definition more fully, we can be better friends and we can create better connections and relationships because we understand what they're what they're experiencing. And again, that could be that could be a divorce. That could be, you know, that doesn't have to be, you know, my grandfather just got moved to hospice. Um, and I think that understanding those difficult emotions is just is just so important to elevate. It's so important to elevate that conversation um, today more more now than ever. Amazing. Awesome. Jordan, I feel like we could talk for a really long time, but we do try to keep these episodes to 20 to 25 minutes. So to wrap this up, I would love um, for you to direct anyone who might be listening to yeah. how they can learn more information about you, um, your team and Mialma. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yes. Anyone who's interested in learning more about our company, of course, visit us at www.mialma.com. We're also very active on Instagram. Um, our handle is at the.me.alma. Uh, um, you'll see a lot of a lot of me there, actually, where I, I talk not just really about the project, but more about <laughs> the concept of, of elevating the conversation around grief and more importantly, how we can support those experiencing grief. But thank you so much. You know, we we're we're just getting started and the opportunities are, I mean, there's just there's so much room here for for this to become the way that we support people during life's most difficult moments. If you didn't say you had vertical um, vlog videos on your Instagram, I was going to say that. And you do a great job. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And um, thanks for your time. This has been great. Thanks, Leo. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our vlogcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on social media to stay updated on all future episodes, as well as a wide variety of other video marketing content. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn by searching for Consumer Media. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you more engaging discussions in the future. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this vlogcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. And with that, I'm out.